This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 237, Theory Crafting Vool Wraith Cabal. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hunter, you said a fun thing yesterday. No. When we no, first, did I? When yeah, you you unfortunately you said a fun thing despite no! despite the legal order against it. Uh, by judicial decree, Hunter can no longer say fun things. Everyone, did you know that? Um, anyways, you said a fun thing, which was that this <laughs> this episode is when the show gets fun again. Um, yeah. You said, you said this is when we get to have fun again on this show, and. I agree with that a lot, but I also want to pref. I want to. I want to lead with that because I want players to know and listeners to know. We don't mean it was like totally not fun, like it hasn't been fun for us, but that very distinctly, we get to have just fun. Like we just get to have fun for a little bit. Yeah, I. I think this is this is when the show gets to be uh, a little more creative and a little less. I think. We have spent so much of our brain power on introduction and yeah. explaining the game and making the game as accessible as possible. And those episodes live. Those yeah. le- episodes are there and we will still cover, I would say, kind of 101 topics uh, of various, like, of just various things. Like, like the, the show will always have an introductory aspect to it because the whole point of this show is that the game is probably too complicated for its own good. It needs to <laughs> calm down. And we are trying to help explain uh-huh. it to everyone. Right. However, the goal of this new season of the show, and this is the, this is the season premiere, which you should, uh, take, you should take this episode with a grain of salt because this is the first time we're you know, making an attempt at sort of a new format yeah. for the way that we will talk about factions in this um, show. But uh, because this is the beginning of a new season, we want to spell out the expectation here, which is that we're going to kind of try and maybe take our our strategy talk to a more experimental level right. and a more open-ended place, yep. which gives, frankly gives me a lot of anxiety because I know when we are open-ended in the show that's when we get the most negative <laughs> feedback. Yeah. But I just want you to know at the top, like we fully expect it yeah. because we are not, we are not, we are, we are no longer just going to have episodes where we are just trying to pare everything down to what mm-hmm. you can for sure say and back up. Not that we did that 100 to 100% success. No. But that was our goal. Yeah. That we're throwing that goal out the window now. Yeah. Now well, it's about opinions. Now it's about anecdotes, exactly. possibilities, things that may or may not be true about right. the game. And from my perspective, too, there's a little bit of, I think when we talked about all the factions in various strategy guides, my focus and my brain works this way. A faction is good, and I describe its things as good, when you can kind of win without a steering wheel, right? Yeah. That's that's what, like, good for a new player is the frame of mind. And this is why we will rank things like 
Mahawked, low, right? Like, yeah. Mahawked is not easy for a new player to just pick up and do well with, necessarily. Exactly. But, as this tournament has proven, Mahawked is a killer faction in the right hands. And I think we are trying to lean a little bit more towards that side of the discussion now. Now that we have finally finished laying the bedrock of all of the basics for people trying to learn this game and start it. I feel yeah. like we have everything there <laughs> that you might need. And so we want to get weirder. And so some of it is like, I want to discover the higher truths of these factions, but oh, also yeah, yeah. in discovering the higher truths, I want to explore all of the lies. I want to see where the loose ends go and where the bad roads, what, what dark alleys can I go down and realize that, Oh, this was not the path. This faction should have gone down, but what a hoot it was to try it. Yeah, I don't want to be the postmodern one, but Matt, I strongly disagree with a lot of the things you said there, uh -huh. incorrect things you said, and that I believe we will find out that there are no higher truths. Sure. All right? No, that's I, I will. I will be the postmodernist. You, Matt, play everything with some sort of obsession on perfection, <laughs> and we will never cure you of it, and you will walk, you will walk this earth to the, to the end of your days. In chasing. And it is why I am steeped in ennui. <laughs> yes. Yes, Matt. There is no perfect way to play Twilight Imperium. You just have to play Twilight Imperium the way you play Twilight Imperium. Yeah. Imagine yeah. I'm sitting under a tree as I say this to you, <laughs> and I'm wearing a robe. And just a robe. The, the beard is twice as tall as you are. The beard yes, goes on yes. for The yards. beard has swallowed up my body, and I am just a face and a beard that flows <laughs> onto the ground and you're like ew gross the beard's on the ground and it's Nasty. collecting dirt and he's gonna it just tell me how to play this dirt. board game why did we yes. talk to this guy yes i have i have, I have played <laughs> i have played twilight imperium for ten thousand hours and now <laughs> i have ascended and and it's not about winning or losing anymore it's a it's just about uh, vibing, mm -hmm. vibing hardcore in mm -hmm. the sci-fi matrix. Um, so what is, what are we doing now? So now we have to do that. We have to do all that stuff <laughs> instead of talking about doing it, uh, which means we are starting with a faction and we're probably going to talk about this faction in a number of episodes in the coming weeks. Yes. That yep. won't be every single week. There'll be little, nope. there'll be breaks in between, but like as of right now, we are focusing on the Vool Wraith Cabal. Hunter, you've already played a couple games as them. I did the guide when we were doing the introductions to these POK factions. So I've right. played them a few times, but I haven't played them in a little while. But as we said in a recent episode, my focus is going to be actually not necessarily always playing the faction myself, but ensuring that the faction is in basically every game I play uh, until we're kind of done with this section so I can see how I play them, how other people play them. Yeah. That's kind of how I am going to approach this process. Uh, so we're going to do Vool Wraith Cabal. And today, as the episode title suggests, we're just kind of vamping. We're kind of taking stock of everything we have said before, everything you all have said before, and seeing what we can do to sort of like pitch that forward. And like, where do we go from here based on everything we know about Cabal? Yeah. So it's it's not really about being factual today, um, yep. and it will be very hard to I think errata this episode. Although I'm sure some people will try, uh, but I will say if you do end up errataing this episode, maybe you've missed the point. I yep. will say. Um, Here's how I would reframe it: is I don't think this episode gets errata. This episode is just very deeply 
a process. And yeah. in the upcoming Cabal episodes, stuff you said in reaction to this episode is like, oh, well, we should consider it. Like, let's, okay, we're going to take stock of that and use it in kind of the coming episodes. So yeah, like next week, I don't, I'm not going to say we're going to actually have like errata from this episode in next week you know there won't be a mailbag for next week's episode but like in the coming cabal episodes we're gonna just be talking about cabal on the discord kind of a lot so yeah. i think all of that stuff just becomes sort of an osmosis of everything right um i am looking forward to playing them uh i've played them three times now uh i will be playing them more before you hear us talk about them again on the show um i I don't know what comes after this ep. We are kind of like making up. Yeah. We are leaving the format of this kind of all open as we go. Right. And not every faction will get the exact same structure as yeah. far as episodes go. Right. Um, and not every faction will probably even get the same amount of attention. Right. Although I have a feeling like Cabal is actually going, it's, we may be picked a good and bad place to start because <laughs> yeah. it feels like cabal needs this right in a weird way needs let me just tell dive. you that yeah yeah cabal needs someone to think about it because i think maybe this faction doesn't work so good yeah <laughs> and so even just deciding that whether the faction even works that good is i think a big a big thing to 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 discover as yeah. far as how how successful is this faction i don't right. know i don't right. know so uh to at least kind of do our due diligence we are going to briefly extremely briefly Ew. introduce this faction we're not doing right component back. stuff yeah exactly uh, we're not doing like a, a, a an overview of every component but i we have did kind an of, episode just yeah, so you exactly. know there is an episode <laughs> you could go listen to right now if you are feeling like oh wow they're really gonna they're gonna kind of just launch right into it there is an episode, and and, yeah. and you should you should check it out if you need the if you need the the primer. But yeah. Matt, what 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 do Here's you got? Here's the takeaways of Cabal. Cabal is the space dock gravity rift faction. They the the main components of the board game that they play with, play off of, uh, tip on their heads is that all of their space docks are gravity rifts, which means they move a lot and they don't have to roll for those specific gravity rifts. So Cabal have this innate very good movement from the beginning of the game they can basically take any equidistant with their starting carrier and their other main abilities is the fact that they capture units that they destroy in battle and put them on their sheet and then those are basically free versions of those units later or they can upgrade those the tech of those units with those things that's something you never see really kick in until maybe round three or later um and usually it's like you get nothing, you get nothing. And then round five, it's like, I have more units on my sheet than I could possibly even build. So the pacing of that ability never really shakes out in a meaningful way. And uh, it is a difficult faction to play because the meta is so deeply against you because you yeah. are a comp you are basically your main ability is i can move into your stuff and fight you and build that stuff back and re kind of refill my coffers very quickly which means i'm aggressive and i hope i know what to do with that aggression and there, there's not always an answer to that question right episode 196 volwraith cabal introduction is yep. where you can go if you want you need all of the components kind of listed out for you um and you know that was our our take on Cabal as far as what do we think is the most basic way um, to play them. Yeah. As far as things that make sense. I want to talk about something more interesting. That was very boring, Matt. Um, <laughs> do not know why you had to just have that in there. No idea why. You could just go to 196, but you just had to. Let's talk about our feelings 
on Cabal. Mm. Something interesting, Matt, mm-hmm. would be cool. Feelings uh, are interesting to Hunter. Our feel, yeah, feelings are explore. interesting. <laughs> yeah, feelings are interesting. So let's talk about this faction as far as how have we talked about them on the show yep. and how have we felt about them as private citizens. Yes. Um, uh, in playtesting, we saw them as very, very good, I yeah. think, because well, they're mean. I want to go back even further than that, which is at the beginning of playtesting... Ah. I uh, thought they were dirt. NDA? Trash. Are you allowed? You're, you're allowed to. Say I don't even right care, now? man. I'm a man on the loose. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought that I would not like them ever at all because I saw the capturing mechanic as sort of this thing of like, well, that looks like a combat mechanic to me, and combat mechanics don't normally do so hot. Uh, you have to. The only way you gain benefits is by engaging in combat, and that seems like it's going to stink. And so I was like, I think I'm going to hate this faction. And then, as Hunter just alluded to, we saw Mantis. Uh, just wreck shop in one game with them yeah uh to a way that felt like uh that's insurmountable like there is no there is feasibly not a single way any of us could have stopped mantis from accomplishing this and that really changed i know my tenor on vula wraith and then the next time i played them i was like oh wait this faction is like fixing all of my main problems as a player which is like uh oh i don't build enough plastic and i'm always desperate for movement and don't tech enough to get it guess what cabal fixes both of those problems i was like okay actually i think i think i love this faction i think i love it a lot uh but still uh i still i don't think have found a win with them i'm not sure but so what what was your takeaway then hunter after the the mantis thing going into the release of pok I thought that basically the way they worked was they were kind of, um, they were essentially SAR aggression uh, plus an early movement advantage where I felt like the only issue that they could run into is not having enough command counters to make uh, good on their ridiculous plastic advantage, Mm -hmm. which I saw as uh, the plastic advantage as being more insane than SAR's uh, plastic advantage right ultimately i feel like that is not really how it's worked out but that is definitely what it looked like from the beginning it felt right. like this is a mechatol faction that just gets plastic for free over and over and over yeah um i also had a very bad experience early on after pok came out of being neighbors with cabal in a series of games uh one of them while i was working on Mahawk, i remember um where the player next to me basically took all of my dreadnoughts and held them hostage. That happened to me multiple times. Very mean way to play Cabal. And that's another thing that contributed to this idea of heat. Like Cabal can just wreck another player's game. Now, what's interesting is that it's actually true for almost all factions that if you put a lot of energy (laughs) into wrecking another player's game, you can do it. Especially if it's at, you know, expense of you scoring victory points. Right. So I think after the release of POK, there was this this talk on the show of like, Cabal is very good, except for maybe sub out good. In in retrospect, it feels like what we were saying is, take out good and replace it with mean. Yeah. Cabal's very mean. Yeah. Threatening. And, and so that caused us to maybe um, explain it as if Cabal is this very good faction. And it seemed like, they were kind of shaping a lot of the games that they were in. Yeah. And oh my God, when POK came out, it felt like every game I played was with a cabal. Yeah. And these days it's, I don't know, it's different. Um, how, let's talk about the first tournament yeah. as far as data we got from that. They were, um, 
so last year's tournament had a ban phase, of course, and because of that threatening nature, Cabal was a very, very, very common ban, which meant yeah. we didn't get to see them played hardly ever, and they in right. fact went on to have a 0% win rate in uh, last year's tournament. They never won a single game the whole tournament. Of any round, qualifier, prelims, yep. um, how many, I think we have some data as far as like how much they were selected in the qualifiers and prelims at least. Like they were selected six times oh my God. in the qualifiers <laughs> and the prelims. So we sort of, I would say we sort of did ourselves a, uh, a disservice as far yeah. as 2021. There's a lot of valuable cabal data that we, I think, missed out on. Right. As far as just understanding where this faction is exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they kind of, they actually kind of flew under the radar compared to most POK factions. They were, they were the least picked POK faction in the 2021 tournament. And most of the POK factions were overpicked, frankly. I mean, Nomad and Argent, Empyrean was picked a lot. Titans was picked a lot in spite of not winning that many games. (laughs) Right. Like people were really hot on the POK factions in the tournament, except for Cabal which I think I feel I want to apologize to everybody that I think we had something to do with that by complaining so much. Actually, now it sounds like I'm saying that we have this like undue influence. No one listens to the show at all. The show (laughs) is listened to by zero people. It comes back to that ban thing too. It's not just that nobody wants, it's like no one was allowed to play against them because no, yeah, yeah, the, the, the main story of any cabal game is the second they get picked. You're like, Oh my gosh, how can I avoid sitting next to them? The last thing I want is to be cabal's neighbor because there's a chance they'll choose me as the thing they want to swallow up. Right. Uh, So it's been difficult then to take this thing that's like, hey, everything they have is inherently aggressive um, and combo that with like, you look at factions like Necro and Mentak who have these aggressive abilities, but we have seen players learn how to work that into a diplomatic playstyle. Like, hey, let, right. I, 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 let me just throw a destroyer out there. I'll nibble on it and I'll just get my tech. You can't do that with Cabal, right? I can't just nibble on a fighter. That oh, that's, worth, that's worth half a resource to me. I don't care. For Necro, that's worth an entire tech. Uh, yeah. Mentak can do pillage shenanigans and their mere presence in the game influence the trade meta, not necessarily their I'm going to pillage every single thing. Cabal right. just doesn't have that. I either steal your stuff or I, I don't. And if I don't, I'm not using an ability in any right. way. Like I'm not influencing anything. And right. so and, th- yeah, that and is hard ability, to turn into wins. Right. This And this ability feels like uh, like essential to the advantage that the faction really has. Yeah. Um, in the mantis game that we've referred to i believe what had happened was mantis took in a, a very early lead yeah and because of this early lead we were trying to hurt mantis right which made it so it felt like the cabal faction ability was bulletproof right because it was like oh an early lead has been taken now what do we do well it turns out when this happens with cabal almost nothing but what was not evident at the time is how often Cabal will have an early lead, right? Which is, I would say, not often, right? Um, yeah, uh, I think in the numbers, not that we we still don't have like a ton of Cabal games. Uh, they they are actually surprisingly still unchosen in 
uh, the qualifiers of this year's tournament, I don't mean 0% chosen, but like they are, they were actually in more drafts than any other faction by just random right. chance. Like the way that the we're talking about out. this year's, this data. year's faction this year's pools, you know, it's a randomly yeah. drawn faction pool. Cabal has happened to be in more drafts than any other faction and still picked less than plenty. So like they're still right. like, they were not picked 10 times that they were available. That's a lot for a faction that is supposed to be perceived as pretty good. So that, so even beyond the idea of like, oh, we ban them because they're so threatening. It's gotten to the point where people look at them and go, I will look so threatening that I can't do anything. I cannot get any traction on the table because if, right. if, if I play this faction, I'm completely on my own. And that was certainly my experience uh, in writing the guide when I was playing them. It always felt like I'm just playing a completely solo game. I don't get to engage in almost any diplomacy or trade. The best thing I got going for me is like my agent means that w once per round I can decide a dreadnought to to get <laughs> or whatever like that's it like you you don't really do much else and so the 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 only other thing to talk about was always just where do you put your space docks and the guide was very much focused on that sort of positional thing of like well right. if we if all we have is position and speed and plastic where do we need those things to be and that is the that was the emphasis of the guide and i think that isn't like all wrong but clearly it hasn't done it like it hasn't shown us the light at the end of the tunnel yet for like what else to do with this faction right um and i want to uh i feel like in this era of the show we are going to be uh shouting out um drago's name a lot we yep. really appreciate the um the stats that drago has been co uh, collecting on all of the tournament games they are amazing and frankly they're on a level uh of which we do not deserve i cannot like i it's pretty ridiculous thank you drago it's more um, numbers than i know how to look at yeah i don't even you know to be honest it's a lot drago that's another tone i want to throw out there it's kind it's it's kind of a lot it's i appreciate the thoroughness it is insanely impressive but it also is uh my brain hurt sometime when i look at it yeah um this year Cabal's done a little bit better. They've been picked 24 times yeah. uh, in the qualifiers. We're not talking about the prelims yet because they haven't happened yet. Yep. Um, qualifiers, which is 80 games. We got uh, Cabal having picked 24 times with a meager win. Three, three, three wins. I would call three that wins. bad. For 24 picks, that's, that's pretty bad. That's not <laughs> very good, huh? Yeah. Um, so I would say that overall, as far as the data is concerned, I feel like Cabal are not looking so hot. Um, two, let's say this too, um, two of the wins that Cabal got in the qualifiers was in Mama's Drama, right. what was considered the de facto best slice right. Right. of the qualifiers. A lot of Mama's Drama's wins can just look like a Mama's Drama win, not a faction not win. Right? Exactly. Um, and add to that, two of the wins uh, were tiebreaker wins. <laughs> That's so of the three too. wins, one tiebreaker Mama's Drama win. So even Cabal in Mama's Drama didn't necessarily find just a way to 10 points. And then they played once in Hope and also happened to win a tiebreaker. Um, something to that that I think we can learn from is there is something to Cabal's late game that is meaningful. In one yeah. of the games, they uh, without 
an excruciating amount of difficulty were able to do a control objective. It was the control for legendary anomaly or Mechatol Rex, right? right? And the reason they're winning tiebreakers is when the planet control objectives come up, they qual or like area control, they qualify for those where sometimes their opponents don't. They can yeah. take a board presence in the late game that is impactful and meaningful. That just doesn't always, it's always not always enough tempo scoring in the early and mid game to make that a win. But like in these tiebreaker scenarios, it's like, okay, I have enough. I'm on par with everybody else in points. And now I have the board presence to seal the deal in a tiebreaker scenario or in a getting a two pointer scenario. Yeah, totally. I think, uh, I think that we can kind of definitively say, say as far as the tournaments are concerned right now, that there hasn't been, like, I, we, one of the things we asked in our pre-errata was, like, what is a de facto, like, good cabal performance that we should be talking about, that we should be looking at? And yeah. there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of smart stuff out there. There's a lot of smart people that have played cabal, okay? Wolfen played his cabal in the finals yeah. of the 2021 tournament. And did a very good job. Wolfen's yeah. a smart player. Okay. Um, uh, there was a game that was called out to us, game number 78. Yep. Where, um, what was the name of the player? It was... It's a German name. I can't, I can't even try. <laughs> I'm going to give it a shot, and, and I, I'm sorry, bud. It, it is uh, gr uh, Grenal... <laughs> I know or it stands for drink, drink, drinking something. It's like a they they drink a specific kind of drink. I just I gotta like zoom in on my com computer <laughs> real quick here. We gotta just zoom right in on that puppy. What is what is that? What is that? What is my looking at? I'm sorry that so much of the show is being. Oh, whoops! I I I. Okay, wait. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> Gran, we'll call him Gran. Yeah, we'll so call him Gran. Gran Gran uh, did well. People called it out in this game, game number 78. You should check it out. Um, you can find it on, I don't know, there's a playlist floating around Big there. Big Al has the... a playlist of all of the games that is pinned in the Tournament Spoilers channel on yeah. Discord. Yeah. Go check it out. However, even that one, I would say, there. I don't want to spoil it because I would like to recommend you the game that players said to, yeah. to watch. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but I feel like there's some there's reasons to be like, okay, well... This isn't quite it either. Right. They are, dare I say it, dare I say it, kind of starting to remind me of Arborek yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Uh, definitely not in the same place as Arborek as far as, I mean, we have some wins to talk about yeah. here, right? Yeah. We don't even, uh, we don't even find it remarkable a, you know, a winless Arborek uh, tournament. You know yeah, what I mean? Like right. that, that, that isn't is remarkable. That is the expectation at this point. Right. But I do feel like there are some things in common. As far as their issues go, and that I feel like their skill set isn't something that sets you up for points. Yep. It sets you up for for aggress for aggression, right? Um, which then is hard to translate into you know the winning part. Mm -hmm. um, do we want to talk? Do we want to get into the pre errata part and just yeah, talk about what we, other people I, have said I, I about this? I want to say one thing because I'm I'm just like looking at our outline and I can't decide when I'm going to squeeze it in. Uh, so I'm yeah. just, I want to say this at the end of this like brief history of our feelings. If I were to preface or like uh, predict what I feel like could maybe be something that changes about this faction is this idea of POK. There's a lot of uh, boat floating that needs to happen in games, and that's where you see a lot right. of wins. And I think Cabal inherently suffers in a, in a boat floating meta. And I think the way Cabal finds wins is probably in a more win slay meta where they can hold the table off from scoring and winning until the right stage two 
that gives them a swing comes out kind of thing or like the right control points come out to me cabal can't race for the win necessarily they need to prevent everyone else from winning until they get the win themselves well let's talk about what other people yep. have said real quick about this faction we reached out to our panel of experts <laughs> uh, and we asked them for sound bites as far as cabal things that that can sort of reflect what other players that we trust uh think and i'm going to start with stads who do we trust more than stads <laughs> um and this is kind of relevant to the point I was just talking about, which is talking about Cabal as a faction that is full of aggro, yep. that can just go after somebody else. Um, and I think this is a very good point that Stads makes, which is going aggro early as Cabal round one sounds like it'll work great 20% of the time. But j most of the time just results in a forever war where you can't control speaker or outscale the other 80 percent which is the the likelihood stads is putting that this is actually going to work well right and to be clear that 20 percent is like one of the highest of any faction only l1 is probably higher right what's interesting about the l1 comparison that stads makes here um is that i think l1 is a faction that's very good at the or Maybe not very good is not the word I should say. Relatively speaking, the best faction for eliminating another player. Right. And However, still finding a win. They, here, let me finish my thought. Sure. They do not need to do it. Right. It happens to just be one of the things in their toolkit. It's like a leftover extra. Yeah. Here's what you got that could allow you to eliminate another player. Now, do you need to do that? Almost never <laughs> do you need to do that in a right. game. I, I, it would be quite the thing to suggest you would really have to back it up with a lot of facts in your game to really make me believe that you needed to eliminate yeah, another player sure. um so yeah cabal may be one of the best arborek isn't even good at eliminating another player and right. i've thrown it out there many times as maybe the only thing they should try to do <laughs> so like if cabal is it works great 20 percent of the time and then we say that's actually quite high only l1 is probably higher than what i'm saying with arborek is that they have a five percent chance yeah. <laughs> of this going well and they should take the five that's my current thoughts on arborek um, although this episode is not about arborek yeah uh, I, I do think that the big thing with this is that idea that like it certainly there's an idea that it can work. And I think it, it really folds cl cleanly into this round one idea. L1 can like eliminate and eliminate a player, but it like takes a bit of time, right? Like you, you don't necessarily do it right away. You kind of can. But like cabal is that well, one what's, well what's right away? Because I would say that L1 uh, can make the early move. I know, early, but I'll, like... I'll elaborate, which is like. If you get the early construction pop, like you can literally get into your neighbor's home system Im immediately as Cabal. Like you can send right. the stuff yeah. into you, and that I get your like point. Yeah. that already decimates their ability to do any sort of refill, <laughs> and then you just wipe the rest of the board. Like you can eliminate your neighbor round two without yeah. even really thinking about it if you decide to focus on that. Yeah, let me get anecdotal. So I was playing a Cabal game recently with um, it was I believe a Yinsterhood um game check out the yinsterhood if you want to play in a game every month that i might talk about in the show <laughs> i was playing as cabal my neighbor was naderade playing as the yin brotherhood 
And then on the other side uh, was, well, I'm sorry, I forgot who was playing as Mentac. It was somebody, and they were playing quite well. You did great. I wish <laughs> I could remember which of you it was. I'm bad sometimes. Um, I had a choice, which was to do what you're talking about, Matt. Right. I was like, should I put some pressure on Yin? Should I possibly even basically split Yin with Mentac? Because Mentac had also made a choice to push in on Yin. Mm -hmm. We could have uh, just come at our uh, neighbor and just eaten him. But I didn't want to right. because it seemed like not fun. Yeah. So I didn't do that. But let me tell you, one thing that I, that I hope listeners to say that I have done whenever you hear from me again talking about Cabal is maybe not eliminate a player. I'm not saying that. But attempt to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably not good for me to say on the show if I do want to succeed in eliminating yeah, that right. player, huh? <laughs> probably shouldn't uh, kind of uh, let myself be seen in that way. Well, but. and this this becomes the, like, the non-tournament problem with Cabal is Cabal just sucks to have in the game, realistically. They're not fun. Like, their abilities make Ooh. someone else's game just not fun. And I don't even know if Cabal has fun doing the things along the way, right? I mean, I guess some players, like, get joy out of eliminating friends afternoon but i think most of us don't necessarily love that so like well cabal when, when, is like only in the vacuum of people who play online all the time and then in tournament play is cabal's kit even something you want to do whenever we get to the section where we talk about what we're going to have a section later on where we talk about the worst ideas that could possibly work and i want to talk more about eating your neighbor yeah. in a theory crafty way sure. but we let's let's get on to the next thing yeah. that has been submitted pre errata wise yeah. Uh, this is from Jadim Jedi. Uh, to expand on my joke point earlier, Cabal has great economy, but is bad at actually making trade goods. If objectives to spend trade goods come up, you're going to struggle. Sometimes I'll ask a rich, rich faction if they want to hire me to be their mercenary, sell me trade goods to score, and I'll go fight someone for them. I love that potential idea. Yeah. Um, it's one of those weird ideas that gets proposed and I'm like, it would be cool if this caught on. Right. But I'm it not really sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's, this, Matt. What? This is about being open and I know. theory crafting, I'm not Matt. I, I'm aware of that. I'm not saying like, don't try it. I'm saying like, we have failed to see it, you know, work out. And I, I also want it to in my meta. I would love if people hired mercenaries more often because, uh, there are certain factions at the table where that's the only way that they like get to have their shot. And imagine how much better Sardak would be if they were a hired gun most of the time. They'd be like a top tier yeah. faction if people actually so were willing cool. to pay them. <laughs> yeah, if if you pay me, I will see. Because here's the thing: maybe, maybe I'm saying we should be open to it because it's like maybe there is a logic to this. Maybe there is a way to make this work if we mm -hmm. just open our minds to it. Right. Um. Perhaps the way if we could model it real quick. The way it could look is whispering to, like, not just one other player, yeah. like the rest of the table, except right. for one, and say, right. hey, I could do this one aggressive thing. It would effectively take out this opponent. I can do it. Will you, will you throw into the pot? Right. Now we're talking about mean stuff, though. I mean, right. we are talking about essential. Yeah, it is yeah. mean. But how do you make... How do you make this mean faction work right. if not being mean right. and coming up with creative ways to be mean? Well, this is where I go back to that boat float hurts Cabal. Boat float meta hurts Cabal because there are players out there that want to play point denial. I'm one of them uh, where it's like, I don't like the idea that everybody just like 
makes sure everybody has a point to score every single round. I, I, that is that is a great copacetic way for us all to play, but that inherently hinders you know a handful of the factions at the table. And yeah, I would certainly love it. I think Cabal could do quite well if it was just like. Hey Cabal, we want you to point block one person this each round. Every round, Cabal, your job is to stop one person's point, uh, and the rest of us will kind of focus on our thing. But like, imagine in that root entanglement sort of world where like Cabal was the otters that are told to go police somebody routinely, and they were they are given something for it because point denial is a desire. And then, like we said earlier, as people are point denied more often, Cabal gets that energy to then be relevant in the late game when the stage twos come out and possibly score some territorial stage twos. I think that that could track. It's just the meta doesn't doesn't help them yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. May, maybe going that far with it makes it harder for me to buy in. But yeah, I, I mean, if, if it's it, some sort of subscription service to <laughs> point blocking, you know, we kind of yeah. get you on like a, every round I get this as tribute and I will block... Right. X person from scoring points um, is, I don't know. Yeah. We, this is about saying yes. Matt. I'm saying this at least it's less yes. mean than being like, I'll eliminate Johnny. Um, let's talk about Rando's point. Because um, yeah. uh, I believe when Rando says, I, I Rando Calrissian, that is, if Rando tells me um, I've played this uh, faction X times and won this many times, uh, I, ta I believe it. Um, so Rando says, I've played Cabal six times and I won three. That's a 50% win rate with Cabal if you were one of those math heads, which Woof I had to consult somebody yeah, right. to find out that one. And all three of my wins involved holding Mechatol for a decent chunk of the game. My losses were almost all because there was a faction that could kick me off Mechatol before I got built up. Sar, Muat, yeah. Barony. Now, if we connect back to that that Mantis game originally, what did I say? I said Mantis uh, got ahead, yeah. which probably involved custodians. I feel like there's this problem with Cabal of like, I believe that they need custodians. Now, Rando's not saying that. Rando's saying sure. I had Mechatol. But whether you, whether we're talking about getting custodians or having Mechatol and getting like Imperial twice or something, mm -hmm. uh, it's still kind of the same difference to me. Which is, yeah, I don't know how this faction is successful in that point game without being a Mechatol uh, faction and being successful at yeah, it. Right. Um, and being able to resist being wiped off completely. Right. Um, a lot of people throw out the flagship or whatever as the key to that. Yeah. Um, in that capturing your own uh, plastic will somehow mitigate the losses. But the problem with somebody like Muad or Sar is that the idea would be that they'd pretty much just wipe you out in one activation. Yeah. I mean, it's not like... They, they deal not about so many holding hits and on. suffer no losses that you just sort of <laughs> refill what you have without any gains from their own from, from your opponent's losses or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that we've, we've seen that as a consistent storyline, too, because obviously Cabal is... Um, very good at custodians like we we definitely know that we, that bonus movement from the get-go means they can definitely make a play for custodians every single game and then it always comes down to like is there a threat to your own game of spreading stretching yourself out that much i think we've come more and more to the thinking of like it's always worth it it's always worth it to custodians but what with cabal it i think it especially is um one of the games we saw in the tournament they did not get custodians titans did but then they did the push for mechatol do the imperial like the imperial point is definitely still a part of it and that was one of our uh cabal wins 
in this year's tournament. So I, I think it tracks, and I I love the idea of this. The only thing that can stop you is effectively better muscle because what it feels like to me Cabal lacks is that they don't actually have like the muscle where it counts. Um, in, in the guide, we talked about how much they are able to just recoup their losses, but they don't have any innate combat advantages. They're not better at winning an individual round of combat or whatever. They're just better at not losing as much tempo from a combat that doesn't go their way but that means these other factions when it matters when they need to take the planet that counts they can stop cabal from doing stuff because their combat advantages are better right so maybe uh if we can theory craft for possible cabal victories um a lot of it has to do with looking at the pool looking at the factions that's been taken and seeing who exactly are your opponents on Mechatol Rex for right. Mechatol Rex. And it sucks that Sar was in that list because we're going to talk about Sar a little bit later. Yeah. Um, actually, we're going to talk about Sar right now <laughs> right if we want to get to this next point. <laughs> uh, next up is from Alice. Any Sar player attacking a Cabal is making a horrible blunder like 95% of the time. In most Sar games, your only possible ally is Cabal. They're a great support swap partner. Cabal is usually unable to attack you economically as well, which is what you look for in a swap partner, in my opinion. All the above is true with the factions swapped, which makes the game theory pretty clear. Uh, I, I think when we combo that with the Mechatol point, Cabal would love to do an early swap with Sar because that way when they got on Cabal, the one person who can definitely clean them off a of Mechatol no longer has an incentive to clean them off a of Mechatol. Right, but however, that point of view that Alice has, which I agree is really is really promising, and I like the idea of Sar and Cabal being natural friends, the tension point for me in that is Mechatol Rex, which right. is, it's interesting, though, because Mechatol Rex is not a constant. Yeah. Mechatol Rex is something you need for the guac point. Uh, Sar, most of the time, takes Mechatol Rex, gets their guac, and moves on. Right. There's no, most of the time in a Sar game, there's not really a reason to overcommit to Mechatol Rex. So maybe this is pretty easy to negotiate around, which is that you, because I feel like of the two, Cabal, because of how they're not really set up to be great at stage ones, yeah. I mean, they have an incentive to build structures, which is nice. Right. Uh, but beyond that, I feel like they don't have any clear economic advantages um, and, in fact, are actually kind of bad at getting trade goods together. Yep. Um, and where SAR is, like, really good at it, huh? <laughs> um, I feel like, in that way, this is this is their tension point, but I feel like Cabal could say go ahead and get your guac now and then get off and then I'm keeping it for the rest. And that right. there's a lot of star players that'd be like, well, okay, because mm -hmm. that is really just going to make you competitive, not necessarily ensure that you're going to win ahead right. of me, Sar, who is playing. I mean, if I'm playing a Sar, then I'm like, I'm playing as one of the best factions right. of all time. Right. Uh, I almost said one of the best factions ever made. And I don't even know what that, <laughs> what would that, that wording, <laughs> that's kind of weird, weird way to put it, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, so let's let's kind of take a look backwards. This is what people are talking about now. Uh, what can we also learn from what we have said in the past and reactions to that, right? We, we've talked about the guide. You could have gone and back and listened to our introduction, but we want to talk about what people uh, disagreed with in our introduction, our original episode mm -hmm. um, about this faction. Um, Cabal was an interesting episode because, um, I don't know, when you talk about a bad faction that most people actually 
there so far doesn't seem to be any cabal stands out there, right? In the way that there are like Magi is a Necro player, Alice is a Titans player. Like you have these people that specialize. We still don't have like a cabal specialist, which means no one's coming out of the woodwork to be like, no, 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 let me teach you all about cabal. And so the reaction to the cabal episode was a bit more just spitballing. It was yeah. the vibe I got. Um, I want to take a second just to, because you said something there uh, that I want to respond to real quick, because I am I think I'm, pl- now, uh, I recently decided I'm playing an ongoing game with Magi, um, because I just feel like Magi has beat me too many times. Uh, Magi <laughs> is no longer a Necro player. That's actually kind sure. of a myth no, that, that people have. Game thing, yeah. That Necro, uh, or that Magi kind of, u- I just mistook. I just said Magi instead of Necro, so it's 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 psychologically it's, it's in there. there. It's magi is really good at ghosts, and yeah. people got to stop letting Magi play as ghosts because uh, ghosts is a you know a below average faction, and Magi takes them uh, and then does all this annoying like very <laughs> like just like not necessarily well thought out as far as like I don't get this impression from Magi that he's like sitting in a room with like you know like uh the like weird stuff on the walls yeah, and there's yarn. like red yarn connecting yeah. all these things it's not like that but he's too creative and you can't let him have ghosts anymore all right <laughs> we got to stop doing this anyways that's just me playing against someone still yeah. um sure. what did you say matt i got i saw <laughs> so, red. so let's let's talk about what kind of maybe oh, some reactions to our guide or some some more things and this is going to transition us also into just like let's start throwing spaghetti at the wall so some sure. folks suggested uh, assault cannon. Um, there was gen- generally speaking more of a push for us to talk about red tech uh, with Cabal, because and we didn't. You know, I, we basically say like get vortex and then like do other stuff. Get get right. yourself some unit upgrades, maybe blue tech, maybe light wave, maybe whatever else you can get. But is there value in? Uh, an assault cannon direction uh, in terms of, well, that's an extra hit. That's automatically just some plastic to go towards you. Yeah. Um, but like where else can assault cannon lead, I guess, or where else can red tech lead? Uh, there's an argument that like, Hey, you can get destroyer chew, which means you'll be able to fill up uh, on fighters quite easily. You'll be killing lots and lots of fighters. So uh, what can you do with that? If you, if you choose the right targets, I'm going to return to this point when we get into what's the worst ideas that could work. Uh, but I wanted to set that up of, there were definitely people saying, get assault cannon, get assault cannon, get assault cannon or go red or whatever. And we never like drove that point home. Yeah. I, I disagree with them for the introduction, but we're not in that episode anymore. Right. So I'm going to take assault cannon. I'm going to put it in my pocket and I'm going to yeah. talk about it in just a second. Right. Whenever we talk about some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, assault cannon, cool. Yeah, I mean, Why not? kill stuff, blow <laughs> stuff up. Um, I think it might be relevant to some possible different ways to play Cabal that maybe don't result in wins. I don't sure. know. I don't, it's who not knows? a who cares about winning. Let's set winning aside for just a second. Let's just talk about what the faction can do. Yeah, I so, think assault cannon could be really useful for just like really going in on somebody hard. Right. Well, because a goal would be to, uh, as much as you can, in your aggression, suffer. Even though you're good at recouping your losses, it would be helpful if you also suffered almost no losses of your own. So, like, the harder you can push that combat advantage with just normal tech rather than, like, innate faction abilities, like we were saying earlier. You know, you don't have, like, a barony mech or anything like that. You, You need, you just need to win the combats without suffering very many losses. Then I, I, I think things like assault cannon. And even, I guess, Duranium Armor, like just saving your Dreadnoughts, keeping them alive. I, maybe that stuff works. 
Um, assault cannon is an interesting answer. So uh, I feel like a lot of times people like to use assault cannon as a deterrent, mm -hmm. as a defensive um, thing, and I, I just I just feel like it doesn't pan out a lot of the time. I, I'm more interested in using assault cannon as an offensive yeah. uh, tech than I don't I don't feel I feel like it's um, it's deterrent capabilities can be kind of overstated. Right. Um, so if you're using it because your intention is to be aggressive frequently and frequently make use of this assault cannon thing, I think it can pay off, especially yeah. with Cabal, where when I kill, I make m the monies. Yeah. I get the plastic back. Um, I like that. Two other things I like about it. It's good against Muat. Mm -hmm. Not all the time. The, again, assault cannon is like, it's this thing where you see it and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to plop down this one extra ship. That's the assault cannon ship. Mm -hmm. And then and then you use your, oh, no, my destroyer's gone. No. <laughs> oh, darn. Oh, no, dang, damn it. No. I exactly planned for this. <laughs> but but think about the alternative uh, situation. I have assault cannon and I want to hurt Muat. Mm -hmm. I want to repeatedly attack Muat. Right. Well, now all of a sudden the assault cannon being there is horrible. Right. But again, defensively, I don't feel uh, the thing. Uh, other faction that we've mentioned uh, previously as being an enemy of the Cabal in, in Rando's, uh, Rando Calrissian's uh, Priorata is Barony. Right. And I think Assault Cannon is good against Barony. Sometimes Barony gets Assault Cannon, though, which is not great. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's, Here, here's but, and, what I would say about Barony, and, and I think what is feeding into maybe a, a pretty good uh, mentality to have as Cabal, and we've, we've been mentioning it, but keeping an eye out for what are the actual threats to you because the reality yeah. is something like nalu something like uh even maybe even jolnar probably not i don't know there's a lot of factions though that you don't actually have to worry about uh in terms of their board presence like they're not going to be a threat to you and so as long as you focus on how do i make sure the factions that are a threat to me can no longer right. be a threat then good a, a possible barony play would be like well this is when i do that vortex biostims thing and i just steal all of Barony's dreadnoughts, and now I've really taken the rug out from under kind of some of the main benefits that Barony has in their toolkit, um, and and add to that maybe an assault cannon. I don't know, so that you can snipe the flagship. Like there, there's things there of you need to focus fire them, right? You have to focus right. on them because they're the only ones who will stop you in the end game. I'll say this: it. I think it's Biosims, Vortex, or Assault Cannon. You don't necessarily sure. have to do both All because three. in the Assault Cannon setup, the idea is if we're being really aggressive to a Barony, right. then we are hopefully eating those Dreadnoughts. Otherwise, there's no point in the Assault Cannon. Sure. But like I said, the, the, the way of getting around Assault Cannon is to just plop a Destroyer down. Yeah. And thinking about it more and more, I mean, Barony does have a Fleet Pool advantage, which means they can always fit in a Destroyer to yeah. soak the Assault Cannon hit. I don't know. Yeah. It's... I'm, uh, we're we're taking we're taking these ideas and we're trying to run with them yeah. as mu as far as we can. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the other one here was some talk about that defensive posturing. If we're talking about assault cannon as this aggressive thing, there is a mentality we can embrace as Cabal for what our hero does for us. We downplayed the mm -hmm. hero. We basically just said it was kind of trash. And uh, some folks wanted to talk up the hero. And I'm going to add Vortex into this because what we're talking about the hero is the idea that I'll roll a bunch of dice and maybe capture some stuff. Vortex is also going to let me capture stuff without uh, the commitment all game long. So the hero and Vortex keeps enemies uh, at an arm's length away. The idea that if you have your space docks positioned well enough, people don't want their good ships to be next to that. They really would like to avoid being your direct neighbor with their important yep. ships, their flagships and whatnot, which then means if they're not next door to you and maybe they don't have enough movement tech, 
they're not the player who can dig into you in a meaningful way. Right. So this is what Vortex really does for you all game long is it kind of tells everyone like if you sit next to me th this is why i don't basically advocate like playing super nice with vortex and like spreading the love it's like no, no 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 it's a threat and it says if you come put your stuff next to me i will i'm gonna gobble it up and people will then make it to where they are not in your way when it matters and that's right. why cabal can be pretty good at those late game uh stage twos or even catching up on the stage ones that are territorial because they have sort of this extra bloat of land mass because no one's gumming them up or getting too close to their stuff you you can clear a path sometimes yeah what about this round one construction round two uh whatever we got to do to score round three construction again we go into the center of someone's slice um the reason i'm saying round three is presumably we've unlocked the hero but mm -hmm. this is round three crucially is what i'm saying not round four round three where it feels uh like things are maybe a little the fleets are a little less large yeah we're cutting into the middle of someone's slice, plopping down a space dock and using the hero. That would be kind of fun, right? Right. Using, getting into the center of someone's slice and then using the hero um, to just maybe, if, 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 if you got a space dock in the center of someone's slice, then the hero is probably going to roll on every single ship yeah. that they have. Right. So it could be, if the odds were good, which they're not, but if they were good... <laughs> This could be a hero elimination round three. From right. one ability, we basically not 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 actually, but effectively yeah. right. eliminated a player. Now, doesn't make you win, but <laughs> would be cool to see, huh? Yeah, wicked smart, wicked cool. I don't know. I think all of it feeds into. I I don't think there is a secret sauce that just makes you win. It is more about just finding little things to find situational advantages at your specific table i think what we what, what i the vibe i've learned is that cabal maybe doesn't have a general approach to everything and you really really have to play against the specific factions at your table maybe more than a lot of other better factions like sar jolnar some factions don't necessarily have to think about the other factions of their table they can they can wheel and deal and do what they need to with kind of anybody and i think sometimes cabal really has to think about who they're next to who they can decide to bully who might be able to bully them and they have to like balance that meta incredibly carefully mm -hmm. well uh do we want to take an ad break real quick and yeah then we probably get should back do that and, uh, we've we've been going hard on this one and when we come back it's what's the worst ideas that could work Okay, it's time for Space Cats Peace Turtle's newest <laughs> game show. What's the worst idea that could work? Yeah. I'm your host, Mad Martins, and our first contestant here is Hunter Donaldson. Hello, Hunter Whoa. Donaldson. We're talking Cabal. What's the worst idea that could work? Yeah, so what about like a game show character for Space Cats Peace Turtles? That would be like a pretty bad idea, huh? Maybe that would, maybe we've already found it. Maybe uh, we should have talked about that before Matt dove into the bit. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, first one I feel like I'm so excited about that you probably already divined it. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's leaked out into the other parts, which is maybe... Cabal should focus on being at beating L1 at their own game and being the best elimination faction at the table. Yeah. 
even though that sucks and that doesn't help you. But maybe you... <laughs> And and let me say this. I, I want to do... I actually want to do an episode on the ethics of eliminating a player. Sure. If you decide to eat a neighbor, you better eliminate them. Otherwise, shame on your house. Yeah, yeah. Shame on you. Shame right. on you so bad. You eliminate or you... Or I don't know. It, it, if you... I, I guess what I'm saying is like, if you're going to shoot to kill yeah it bet you you better aim for the heart my you know? dad has a story of a cat we grew up with named sydney it was a really cool cat was a, was, i am afraid of where you are yeah, going man. so uh this cat I would object? uh this, this we lived Ob we lived out in the woods objection and, stuff, and the cat objection would, would catch squirrels i am objecting Oh wait, okay. Th this is about a squirrel. Yeah, actually, okay. uh, this cat would uh, this cat would catch squirrels and break both their hind legs and drag them around the side of a car and watch them limp <laughs> away, just to draw them back and watch them do it again. So don't be that Horrifying. cat in your game of Ti to your friends, okay. and don't make your friends uh, those squirrels, please. Horrifying anecdote <laughs> that made me feel sick to my stomach uh made me feel sick five stars would be a great review on apple Podcasts. Yeah. if you want to throw us a five-star review made almost me almost bombed five stars made me feel like a sick person <laughs> listening to matt's horrifying cat squirrel story um but yeah don't be like that cat kill the squirrel <laughs> Don't just watch it suffer. Um, it's rude, uh, and no one likes to waste time. It's rude. That is one <laughs> heck of a way to put it. Hey, hey, Sydney, don't be rude to the squirrel. Yeah, don't be rude. Um, what do you get if you eat your neighbor? Well, you yeah. get a double slice, but you do, in most realistic scenarios where you're eliminating a neighbor, I think you have to cooperate with their other neighbor. Yep. To make it happen. I know some people have eliminated solo, but a lot of times you need a little bit of help to make this work. So you don't even quite get a double slice. I think right. in most situations you're splitting someone else's slice. But there are some there there's some objectives that you're gonna be helped with. You're gonna have more resources, more influence, more planets, maybe, hopefully, someone else's home system, which is relevant to like a few objectives yeah. i mean hardly any right but there's also more territory means more empty spaces more access to anomalies i mean there's a there's a lot of possibly relevant objectives it just takes a long time and a lot of times if you're going to eat somebody you need to be able to score yourself while you're doing it and that is hard yeah does it it does it seem impossible with cabal i don't think so no i think you could do it I think you can do it so fast that you can, we, we talked so much before about like, where are your space docks and getting a slice and a half opens that conversation wide open. You yeah. can have a completely different kind of, kind of dimensional tear network now because yeah. you're like spread so much wider. And what can you do with that as a resource? Probably quite a lot more. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to know how well that could work rather than being, the the cabal that kind of only exists like one hex outside of their light rail like right I, I have these pockets of light rails that get me into all sorts of scenarios I, I i think there's something there yeah um 
let's talk let's go ahead and move on because i feel like we've sort of already talked about the eat your sure. neighbor thing enough it's 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 been it's been talked about and actually we might talk about it even more <laughs> with our final point for this yeah. so it's it's coming back let's talk about cruiser 2 for a little bit cruiser 2 is a really interesting unit upgrade for um cabal in that the cruisers can move like five pretty yeah. easily <laughs> right which kind of makes you feel i guess sort of like ghosts at that point mm. the problem is i feel like cruiser 2 is just kind of a weird starting place um but i don't know if you if you uh, the tech what, path to get there the, the tech path to get there is the most awkward right because round one you're probably getting a tech that doesn't inherently do anything for you oh right? i'm no no tech path stuff you're talking I, about I'm, you the, happen to capture you're talking yeah. i fought and killed a cruiser on purpose so yeah. that i could get cruiser two yeah I'm that's game. what i'm talking about sure or you vortexed it instead yeah. of dread instead of, doing instead the of dread a dread value yeah and yeah. there's hey you know what let's talk about that for a second in in terms of this strategy we always tend to go like monetary value yeah but cabal has monetary value in spades why are we bothering quite so much with monetary value when i mean i really think that the units should be mostly used for the tech like i i think right. cruiser right. two first solely unit upgrades that's the only way you actually like save time and money is on doing the tech researches because what you're doing when you skip all those you're, you're, you're not just getting one tech for free you're skipping three techs and getting a tech for free right so right. spending a cruiser two yeah like capturing a cruiser two seems bad off of vortex because it's like oh it's only saving me two dollars instead of saving me four dollars from the dreadnought it's like no, no 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 if you can make the positional play early enough then you can do something with that. Whereas if you capture the Dreadnought, maybe you research, this is what always happens in games, right? Is you research Dreadnought 2 when you still only have like maybe two Dreads on the table and like it's just not going to do enough. Whereas you could have turned that same money into like four or five Cruiser 2s in round two ready to strike. Yeah, but the thing is, this may this idea is maybe too worst. It's not really unlocking any creativity with me because it's solving a problem that I feel like you already have. I want to be open in this episode, but yeah. like if we talk about an idea and I'm like, I, cause we have an even dumber idea next that we want to talk about <laughs> and it unlocks creativity in me. Yeah. But to be up. honest to the audience, cruiser two doesn't do anything for me. I think in a situation where you need cruiser two, just see that if you need it, like yeah. see what you're going to do with it and then do that. I guess don't, don't go into cruiser two blindly is really the thing. But like, mm -hmm. if there's some good, if there's some well-positioned wormholes that lead to some slow factions, Cruiser Two's probably clutch, right? You can go right. pop through those and get to stuff before Arborek can get to them, and then Arborek is pigeonholed into the worst part of their slice, and they don't get to do any snowballing, right? There's there's things right. that can happen there. So, let's talk about I think the dumbest idea we have in this list, and yeah. uh, I'm very excited for it. It's uh, you know what we said, Dimensional Tear Two isn't very good. Who yeah. cares? Who cares, bud? Let's talk about what Dimensional Tear 2 does. Uh, it increases your production a little bit. We already have great <coughs> production plus our commander. But no, 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 no. I have a genuine argument here. Dimensional Tear 2 makes our fighter screen of, of our space docks like completely ridiculous. Yeah. And we have this innate ability to just build more fighters than we normally would need to. And uh -huh. with the seven production supply, like we basically have, we get to just build four fighters for like no thought or investment every time we build. And right. I think there's an argument to Dimensional Tear 2 and uh, getting Destroyer 2 
and like farming for fighters with your destroyer twos, getting really good AFB, chewing up your fighter neighbor. I think you go this when you know your neighbor is a fighter faction. You know, right. your your souls, your Nalus, whatever. Um, but your goal is to just build boats and boats and boats of fighters that are all you need at home, and then all of your other ships can go do stuff. And you're like very well protected in your slice. Yeah, you know what it could go neatly with, Matt? Hmm. Is eliminating your neighbor. <laughs> but I this is a lot of tech. Yeah. But who cares? Who cares? I don't I wish you could capture a, a space dock so that yeah. you can get I know, so, so you, you could just get this. Yeah, that's the worst part of Dimensional <laughs> Tear. And and by that extension, PDS2, like the idea is like you actually do have to research those ones the the old-fashioned way. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's the hardest part of Dimensional Tear 2. Yeah. Um, and AI dev is such a weird thing to get mm. with like with freaking uh cabal uh so then it's like are we talking about two yellow we, I, we gotta have a yellow skip for this one yes if we got a yellow skip i'll do it i'll do yeah. it for sure i actually have researched dimensional tear 2 in a game and it was because i had maw oh. and it was for a unit upgrade objective yep for sure I did that. Yeah. Um, did I regret it? Yes. <laughs> Do I think we should talk about it as a possibility? Maybe. I think um, I like the idea of the yellow skip and AI dev, and I think it feeds into. I want to. I want to draw this into the fold of talking about two things at once, which is like AI dev as a tech in general for Cabal, and and it's a weird thought because like, well, we're the goal is to just research unit upgrades for, with free stuff, right? Yeah. But what if we went War Sons like the normal way? What if we just went War Sons? And we had AI dev. We got Vortex early to start doing the early Vortex stuff. AI dev into War Sun into Dimensional Tear 2. And like you get Destroyer 2 on top of that, right? Well, I mean, it's a lot of tech. Yeah, One, two, three, four. It's like five tech. To, with yeah. a yellow skip, a redundant yes. yellow skip. And, and yes, sure. Right. Sure. I like War. Can we talk about War Sun as a separate idea real yeah, quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Please. Um, War Suns are. We've talked about how War Suns are better at offense than they are at defense. I feel like. Our horrible idea is to just play Cabal as mean as possible and try and get people to pay us to do evil. Um, war sons are evil, and yeah. they do evil. So, does it make sense? I think so. Yeah. You get them if you can somehow get them for free. Right. That's amazing. Can you get them for free? How? But except for Muat. Um, we're really kind of going off the rails here now. What would be cool is if you knew one of the players that you're sitting next to was going to go for War Sons mm -hmm. and then kind of use that against them. But that's uh, a hard thing to call with somebody else, right? That's pretty hard. I do think there's a way to afford it, though, because uh, you, you got some resources at home, and in the right slice, you can basically plan for this, right? Again, this is, mm -hmm. this is having extreme situational awareness as Cabal in all scenarios and drastically changing our play style because... What we're describing is a thing where Cabal doesn't actually have maybe great odds to win no matter what we do, which means we gotta shake up thing we gotta shake things up and, and try something new, which means we have to look at what we have in front of us. So maybe the answer is when we have a high resource slice, let's try War Sons and see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we because we gotta be able we gotta be able to pay for them. Maybe the idea is that we're paying for the War Sons in cash, but everything else is a check. You exactly. know what I mean? Like right. everything else is just plastic that we found that we somehow got like before our war son that came it's great no it's gonna work shut up it's gonna work all right this is a great idea war sons with cabal 
didn't going to do I it. For- that's for sure. A big part of this process for me is when I play these factions, we did the shit at War Sun episode. I'm going to try it with as many factions as I can at least once. I'm going to do War Suns with every faction. Matt, you're going to be like, I'm so mad I didn't win any of my games. And then I'll be like, Matt, so what did you do in all your games? Be like, well, I built War Suns. Uh, I tried to eliminate every my neighbor. I had Dimensionals Tear 2 for one of my games. Like, Matt, maybe these are just all bad ideas and they're not going to work. But Hunter, you told me we had to try. We made such a point in the Theory Crafty episode. Can we, that we, were can we close try. with my favorite? Here's yeah, my favorite idea. Let's do it. I think let's this go is back the best to idea. where we started. <laughs> let's, go, let's go backwards a little bit because when we read Alice's pre errata, um, her contribution, I feel like we sort of said, oh, there's some tension here of yep. this Sar and Cabal alliance, mm-hmm. which is the Mechatol Rex thing. I think Sar and Cabal ultimate boat float, eliminate neighbors, kill and take is like the best idea I've yeah. heard. Right. A Cabal Sar, essentially Cabal saying, likely I am making it so Sar wins this game. Right. Unless Sar doesn't, in which case I win this game. <laughs> I love that. And I think that I think that could actually work. Um, especially if like if they just went hardcore with it. I yep. just feel like if Sar and Cabal basically got completely in each other's pockets. It's been pointed out that the commanders go not amazingly together, but pretty nicely together. That which molds molds flesh. Allows you to produce two extra fighters slash infantry. Um, what is the the SAR? SAR lets com- you build them adjacent to your space. They get to kind of like be yeah. built next door. That's like kind of cool. It sort of can work. I think yeah. if your space docks are set up correctly, that could totally be interesting. Yeah. Um, and and help you get a uh, get fighters out in weird places. So the commanders sort of go together. Um, as far as your needs go, it kind of makes sense if you're pincering one player you can definitely eliminate with you know just a little bit of cooperation i feel like cabal and sar could definitely eliminate their neighbor in between the only question is how do you share mechatol rex and i suggest a down and dirty disgusting sharing of mechatol rex um with cabal being a little bit favored in that like Cabal lets Sar get the guac. We understand right. that Sar is so good that with guac they will likely win this game. But then Sar gives up Mechatol Rex to Cabal. Can we right. theory craft that? Does that make sense? I think it does, and I'll specifically give one case in its favor, which is when you when the two of you are in good speaker order round one. I want to envision in the scenarios where Sar takes custodians round one. Their agent mm-hmm. allows them to do this. They're gonna get enough trade goods. They can easily get that custodians. And Cabal has the ability to reach Mechatol by first action round two. So Uh the idea, though, being that, like, if you get the right speaker order between the two of you, you can take cards that let Cabal or let Sar take that round one. Cabal round two gets to take Imperial and Sar gets out of the way as Cabal moves in round two. You both have a guac in round two ready to go. You are ostensibly on even footing you have the mechatol advantage for the rest of the game sar has the thing where they're a better faction so uh it's it's fair (laughs) and and also your support partners so the idea is that we're you're not going to because cabal 
Matt, haven't you played a game where you're playing Cabal and you didn't like you and the SAR player kind of ensured that you both did not win? Like, uh, well, because we didn't, we basically didn't go for this. Um, there was yeah. a scenario where it was me and John, and it, we had a Mahawked neighbor. Like, we we could have done some damage Pinsert, to, to yeah, the early right. Mahawked, and I just wasn't feeling it. I was too. Here's the thing: John's a great player, and I was a, and they were they were Sar, and I was Cabal. So I was like, "There's no way I stay on top of this. If I work with Sar to uh, give Sar a slice and a half, Sar's gonna run away with it, and I'm gonna look like a dingbat. Like it's just gonna have been such a such an obvious blunder. And I regret it. I should have I should have just tried it at the very least and see. That's mm-hmm. the thing I do to myself so often is like I get ahead of myself and be like, well, that'll never work, so I won't do it. And I think I got it. I think that's what that's the part of my brain that we're turning off for this leg of the show. Yep, yep. We are turning that off. We are opening the floodgates to ideas. Um, I feel like this has been a success. Uh, this is the beginning of a new era of the show. If you feel like there were things that could have been different about it, let us know. Yeah. I will accept errata that's like show errata on this sure. one. As far as errata for the a lot of ideas, most of it is all theory, so I don't care. Well, I don't the, even but, care. And this episode channel in the Discord should be full of just more half-baked ideas. I'm, yes. I'm here for it. Like, ju- Let's just go to town on completely accepting that they might be bad but we're gonna have you tried it if you have an idea to throw out and no one has done it yet then no one gets to say no to it that's the rule that's the rule in discord this month is when someone says i want to try this i want to try pds uh cabal and you can be like well obviously pds probably isn't very good for cabal shame on you have you done it what do you you know tried it yeah (laughs) yeah this is about we're we are we've built uh a a well we haven't built it but there is a dogma that exists <laughs> out there all right yeah and now we are we this is the heretics phase <laughs> where we are we are throwing all of it out uh onto the ground um except for if you're a new player and then you can check out all the introductory episodes yeah, uh, the preliminary guides those things uh but now we're just challenging the status quo and we're starting with cabal a faction that currently if I, I'm going to take my theoretical hat off now. I'm going to okay. put on my regular hunter hat. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, on the level, I think Cabal is maybe the actually the worst POK faction. A lot of people think I really hate Mahawk, but I'm just bad at Mahawk, right. which is not the same thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I think that, I think we got it wrong in the introduction to Mahawk sure. episode in that I feel like I didn't quite... Like, I said the right things, but to me, I was like, this doesn't add up to a win. But I think that's false. I think Mahawk can win decently often. Yeah, we've seen it I now. think Cabal is the one that is the, where their skill set is set up for the wrong thing, Yeah, basically. I'm going to yeah. keep my theory crafty hat firmly snug on my head and say, it's not Cabal that has to change. It's everyone else. The only reason Cabal's bad is because you're all bad at the game. I'm going to be that person at the table. You're that's all like, bad. You're all, because you all aren't as good as me, it, that's the reason I can't win. And the argument here that I'm purporting is I want to see more uh, point denial meta for Cabal. When Cabal gets in a game, their job is to pull the meta in their direction and be like, hey, don't you all think we should try to stop points and not float any boats? And if anything, here's the biggest argument I have to Cabal play. And this is in a more casual setting. When you and your friends sit down 
There shouldn't be like a, let's all just kind of draw all the factions we want to play. I want to play a Sarl. I want to play Jolnar. I want to play Cabal. Oh no, we have a sociopath at our table. Let's not do that anymore. Let's do the like, today, we're going to curate a bunch of mean factions and we've agreed to play mean because that's the vibe that is allowed today. So it's mm-hmm. Cabal and it's Sar and it's Mahawked and let's get down to business. Like, let's do those games where we sort of approve of the mean stuff for today, right? Yeah. You know what I just realized with the like Sar Cabal team up thing? Mm. Um, as in, we, I feel like we've been talking about a lot of team up type meta lately with like catfishing um and what there was one other that people were talking about i can't remember but what you what will be a really fun name for the sar cabal cooperative thing is sarball oh bringing back the sarball but not not sarball no no no. not sarball yeah sarball sarball You know how good a combo is when it's fun to say, you know? When it's, when it's slightly confusing, um, and then someone will say, uh, oh, we got to worry about this Sarball. And he'll be yeah. like, well, uh, they only have three ships. And be like, no, no, no. I said Sarball. Sarball. One L. You know what I think of once a week uh, is just that little video where Duke Lukem is in his adorable little prom suit and he invites <laughs> you to the Cabal. The Cabal stream oh, that the, happened where the, they all the, played yeah. six. But the introduction to that stream idea was just Duke and his adorable face saying, would you like to go to the Cabal with me? Yeah. And uh, I swoon and I get to think about it constantly. Yeah, that was a really good video. Um, shame I kind of blocked that game out of my head, though. Can't remember <laughs> what happened there. Legitimately can't. I think hey. it went really badly for me, but I, mm. I, I feel like I blocked it out. Maybe it was because it was so good for me. Sure. I don't remember. What's the next... Uh, six faction combo. What's the next thing we need to do? Uh, not the we, next. We, we, you and I have never. We did the ghosts one. There's been an all Winu. There's been an all Cabal. There's mm-hmm. we did all ghosts. But what's the next thing we gotta do? I think there's something out there. I think it would be. I think an oops all Titans would be kind of hilarious. Yeah. I was gonna say oops all Sardak and just like. Three Sardaks are shipless, but there's, there's like no... everyone's. And oh, you build I... the map for it. You build a map that is like definite land, land bridges bridge everywhere only. and is yeah. intended for like there's the sky game and then there's like the Ooh. tunnel game. Yeah, I want that. Ooh, let's let's this, build a Sardak the map. Sardak Sardak. Punch Club. <laughs> the Sardak Punch Club. The the bare knuckle brawl, the fist fight in the street. It's, all it's, Sardak. it's Mama's Knitting Club. <laughs> More like Mama's Punching Club. <laughs> hey, Punch Queen's back, everybody. Uh, I want to thank our weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Brian Kalu, and Dark Jutsu Goondock, ignoring my PhD, Carnal, Alice, Bagels, M. Lashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky, F- M44, Bro Duel, RYs, and Fancy Zeeling. And Mama's Lovely Larva, Patience is a Virtue, my son is also named Bort, Anvilir, Sturmy, Sturm, Boo Poo, Nerf, Zerk, Tautology is what it is, Frank G, Gaskio, Rekka, Jadim, Jedi, Elite Barbecue, Rolo, Uncle Batty, and Teddy's Jam for you. All right, Galactic Council poll is still going. Please come on in, come on down, and select which, uh, it's been, it's a little competitive this month. Yeah. So get in there and vote for what you want. Uh, there's been a little bit of confusion on one of these choices that i want to clear up right now but your choices right now are um matt's ultimate and hunter's normal top 10 board games of all time uh number two option is alternate setups for a future scpt tournament mode kind of a homebrew guild uh bonus type episode number three is called content encounter which we should not 
have been cute about because a lot of people are confused as to what that is. It is a special episode where we talk about the board game Cosmic mm -hmm. Encounter. I think of it as a very granular thing too, is the way I've always thought about it, where it's like, we're not going to like necessarily even maybe introduce the game Cosmic Encounter, although we'll probably have to at least a little bit. But like, my idea with this has always been we just play a game of Cosmic Encounter and then we talk about that specific game because every game of Cosmic Encounter is like a little exercise in game theory crafting and design and you can just like run away with thoughts of how things could have gone differently so i want i just kind of want to do that yeah yeah so it'll be uh, probably just like w exactly what matt just described where we just play a game and we talk about specifically those factions that were in play but also yeah i mean we will describe the game to yes, you we'll in to. some there will be some setup for it um, your fourth option is Book Report, The Well-Played Game by Bernie DeCoven. We just read that book and then talk about it. Yeah, um, sure. Homebrewers Guild this month is Matt, it's Matt's turn. My turn. Matt is doing a tournaments mode stream uh, where y'all are going to do like a homebrew tournament thing. Yeah, we're just it won't be super wacky stuff. It'll be trying to just attempt to incorporate a couple things that are like, in essence, sort of a balance patch that isn't like oh let's tweak faction components it's just like what can we do to change the structure of the game that kind of leads to maybe a more satisfying conclusion uh when, when i think a tournament mode i think like for the stream what's the best way to get a good ending for the viewer and that's kind of what i want to see out of like a tournament mode what leads to the most people having a chance at winning yeah yeah that's that i i'm really looking forward to seeing that that's gonna be fun um, so yeah, make sure to please rate us on your podcast app of choice. I gave you a great, uh, you could just say five stars made me sick. It's yeah. pretty good. Right. I, I, I would appreciate that. Um, especially please do it on Apple podcast slash iTunes. And also you can do it on Spotify. Um, they don't let you write reviews though. They only let you put stars, which yeah. is, uh, I, and I think I it's like on mobile only too. It doesn't make any sense, man. Whatever. It's really All weird. these apps are dumb. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, check out our website for access to our Patreon, our Twitter, our discord, our merchandise, et cetera, et cetera. That's We're maybe working on a new website, which is yeah. exciting. Uh, and by our we, old one, we mean, uh, somebody, somebody else. who wants to help us with it like and and we're gonna do that we're gonna do it that way because we're we give up on the website yeah. yeah uh hey you can send us this imperium life or play of the week stories to space cats peace turtles at gmail.com and i got one here hot off the presses <clears throat> let's see okay we got play of the week this one is from wade and uh this is about cabal oh how fitting it's almost like we played it uh and this is uh, from the perspective of Sushi Rito. So not Wade, but player Sushi Rito was playing as Cabal. They were support swapped with their Mentak neighbor, uh, which Wade points out is disgusting and wrong. That's an interesting uh, thing to me. I, I, I feel like uh, anywhere Cabal can get a support swap is good for them. Uh, and Mentak was in the lead at four points to Cabal's three in the start of round three. I, as Titans, complained to the table, won't someone please stop this Mentak? Later in the round, Cabal activates a forward space dock of Mentax and moves in. This would deny Mentak a point, intimidate the council. Before we go any further, an aside about the player piloting Cabal, Sushirito. Sushirito is an even-keeled, methodical, and usually pretty quiet player. If Sushi played a game with five copies of himself, a game of TI would probably take two hours. So when Cabal broke their support, 
I commented to my L1 neighbor, oh cool, Cabal's breaking support, nice. Well, it's a point block, well done. L1 and I started talking over Cabal as they continued their action, talking about our next trade deal while they set up movement in the ensuring fight, blah, blah, blah. Suddenly, as if out of nowhere, Sushirito says, guys, it's my turn to play. Will you please just shut up and let me play? I was taken aback. This is not the person I'm used to playing with. Little did I know what was in store. Upon breaking support and winning the combat, Cabal scored their secret, betray a friend. They then used the Dreadnoughts to bombard the last of the ground forces, scoring make an example. Cabal stated that they had every intention of landing and destroying the space dock. Mentak begged for this to not happen, and in exchange for a return of the support for the throne, Cabal did not invade, scoring support for the throne again. This enabled Cabal to score Intimidate Council at the end of the round, and the rest of the table was equally intimidated. Uh, the recap of this one action scored Betray a Friend, Make an Example, Retrieving their support for the throne back, and Intimidating the Council, and Point Blocking the Leader. So like a, what do you call that, Hunter? Like a 4.5 4 point turn? Yeah, pretty Pretty awesome use of a single command counter, I would say, ranks pretty highly up there. Uh, I want to thank Wade for that one because we were like, oh, we need, like last minute, we were like, oh, we need to play of the week. And I was like, oh, it should be Cabal themed, obviously. Mm -hmm. Then I realized that was like kind of a specific thing to put on it. And then we had just this awesome one just loaded, ready to go. <laughs> so thanks, Wade. And thank you, Sushi Rito, for uh, playing so good. Yeah, yeah. And hey, uh, somehow it feeds into everything we talked about today, right? Here's another perfect example of a, a cabal doing the business for the table, do, yeah. doing, you know, hurting the leader and getting something for it. So maybe right. maybe we should all uh, be very happy to allow cabals to do that service for us. Yeah, yeah. That, let them be mean. Let them be mean and be mean. Go forth, listener. <laughs> Go forth and be mean. I want you out in the street yeah, yeah, punching, yeah. okay? The, this is a game that takes 12 hours to play, and someone needs to stop having fun at hour two. Yeah, That's yeah. what I want. You know those 10 old, hours of misery. Those old Austin and, like, Portland slogans. We're going to... This is let... Keep Twilight Imperium mean. Keep yeah. Twilight Imperium mean. That's what keep I want. Twilight Hashtag, Imperium keep mean. Twilight Imperium mean. It's funny because since we're going to like really live in just like one faction for a little bit, it's going to affect yeah. our personalities oh, God. in ways that's interesting. Yeah. And I'm excited for my finance bro era whenever we get to Hakan. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>